this is a good segue because you brought up France and you brought up China and Japan and, and kind of the political situation around the world. You know, what I notice about the United States, because the United States is in the deepest of doo-doo, it seems like, but I mean, Europe is kind of just uh, tagging right along. And, and, yeah, sure. and when, it comes, when it comes to the Russia situation, it seems like Europe, the EU, is willing to do uh, many times more damage uh, than even the United States is willing to do in relation to this conflict, the Russia-Ukraine conflict. But I want to ask, you know, what what is the link here? Because the United States right now, you know, the G7 type, the NATO summit's about to happen, G7 uh, met. Their focus is overwhelmingly on escalating the conflict in Ukraine, uh, the, the Russia-Ukraine conflict, and escalating with China, there's there's a hyper intensive focus led by the United States, but it would seem that this is kind of contradictory to everything that you've been saying about how do we address this inflation crisis, how do we do something other than putting the uh, economy, the cap, the world capitalist economy in the tank into a recession. What is the link here? Because it seems like the more dire the economic situation becomes for the U.S. and its and its partners, its junior partners the more aggressive they become in regards to Russia and to China. What's the link here? Why, why is that occurring at the same time, in your opinion? Well, you know, this is the kind of conversation a proper media would have. Very good question. Right one to ask. Logical. And I'm going to give you the answer. But before I do, I want to really talk about that it's wonderful that you're doing this, but it is terribly sad at how rare people it is to find people thinking clearly about it all right let, let me start with the, the european end of your story europe is in a very difficult place it is caught as a part of the world whose empires have all disappeared the british the spanish the dutch the portuguese the french a little bit the Germans for the short time that they had one, etc. So they're coming down from their dominant role in the history of the world from the 17th, 18th, 19th century. Been very hard for them, number one. Number two, they've been outflanked, particularly in the last half century, by the growth to dominance of the United States on the one hand, and now in the last three decades the growth of the People's Republic of China on the other. And there's really no place for them. They can't compete with the United States for all kinds of historical reasons, and they can't with the Chinese because it basically nobody can. The Chinese have figured out something that the world is going to have to slowly learn, doesn't want to learn, but that this mixture that Xi Jinping and the others have figured out the mixture between private capitalist enterprises, which there are many, many of in China, and state enterprises owned and operated by the government. This is not what the Soviet Union did. This is not Scandinavia. It is a kind of socialism, but it has large admixtures of capitalism. And managing all of this to be able to show the economic growth that they have experienced in the last 40 years means that the Europeans have been completely outflanked. 
And that means they don't know quite what to do. Part of them, and this was very strong for a while, part of them began to say, maybe we better make a deal with China. Maybe we better understand that the American economy is over and the Chinese economy is in the ascendant. Most people around the world see that, even Americans, um, until the Europeans were beginning. But that frightened the Americans. They needed something to prevent the Europeans from following the logic, and if not siding with China necessarily, but cutting lots of deals, which the Chinese were eager to do. Um, you know, uh, the biggest port in Greece is owned by Chinese interests. The German uh, manufacturing uh, economy, the strongest in Europe, is completely wrapped up with the Chinese economy, dependent on them, etc., etc. The United States needed to make sure that the Europeans didn't keep going where the logic of capitalism's development said they ought to go. And so they needed things to happen, here we go now, that might make it at least harder, that might harder for the Europeans to go towards the Chinese. And the, the Ukraine situation provided the Americans with an opportunity they saw, and they were determined to do it. They have been pushing uh, NATO further east, whether you're talking Poland in the north, or the Czech Republic in the middle, or Romania and Bulgaria in the south, uh, this Ukraine is only the latest step, um, Finland, Sweden, and so on. They're trying to mobilize the right wing, center right of Europe to be the stalwart ally of the United States in a confrontation economically, politically, culturally with China. And they understood that Russia is allied with China their chance to separate Russia, which might have happened after 18, uh, 1989, they lost, They missed that. that. That, by the way, they could have had that. That, that, that was, you know, put that aside, that, that's a failure of American foreign policy. So Ukraine is perfect. Ukraine, you can mobilize everybody to the right of the center. Center right in Europe will get excited about that. Why? because it distracts the people of those countries from the economic problems they have and that Europe cannot solve. All the high tech in the world, I mean, with a few exceptions, but high tech is either American or it's Chinese. The rest of it doesn't count. You know, the production of that's going on, the growth, the expansion, it's all Russia, it's all China and the United States, if there's any in the United States, but there is, I mean, who here, the, you know, the Europeans can't, and partly because they can't get together. If they all got together, then they'd be a bigger economic unit than the United States or China. But they don't. They continue in their crazy failure to break out of medieval Europe. They can't do it. So this war is a way, solves two problems. It helps the United States make an alliance, slow the process of China, and it gives European leaders a distraction 
for their people from their own suffering. But you know, that stuff never lasts very long. And the terrible anxiety in Europe and here among people who know, and there are those people, is that time is running out. They, they don't know how much longer their people will tolerate governments that are busy sending billions into who knows what in Ukraine, as opposed to solving their urgent economic problems. This is, you know, when the hoopla about joining NATO, when all of that, because there is, I mean, NATO is not a real thing anyway. Uh, when that passes, when the hype around Ukraine is over, what are they going to be left with? Less money than they had before, a totally ruined Ukraine. I mean, Look what's happening on the ground in Ukraine is awful. And the, the, the malarkey, the talk about disconnect again, the nonsense talked about in the West as to what this is costing Russia. I mean, it's downright funny. It is so completely wrong and wrongheaded that you, it's no longer, I, mean, I can refute it if you want. But the more interesting question is, Americans are smart people. Americans need to know what's going on. What are they doing? You know, why? I, I give you an example. Yesterday, with great fanfare, Secretary of State Blinken made a speech. We are banning the import of Russian gold, he said. Okay? Banning Russian gold. If you know anything about economics, that is so silly, you kind of, it takes your breath away. You know why? Because gold can be melted. <laughs> you don't know where it's from. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is silly. You can't do that. Anyway, American press. I remember the first time I saw it, it's a Yahoo finance story. Big pushed by Yahoo. How heavy the impact will be on um, Russia, and they can't, uh, um, export their gold. Russia, by the way, is one of the world's great gold producers, so it's important into their economy. Then, literally two hours later, in Reuters, the British news agency, there's a story. And the story says the banning of Russian gold imports will not have any effect on Russia. It's just a symbolic move. Now, in most cases, you don't get the kind of Reuters story. But I love this example because within an hour or two, you had the American Secretary of State looking like the faker that he was in that moment. I don't know him. Maybe he's wonderful everywhere else. But in that moment, he's just talking junk. He's talking what he thinks will play well in the political life and the fact that it's stone cold, silly, wrong, doesn't worry him. Reuters doing something they don't often do, but they are the biggest, you know, uh, news agency in Britain and in many parts of the world. They look at this, give it to an analyst who says, this is not gonna make any difference at all. And most of the sanctions against Russia have been, by the way, like that. They've been all ceremony like the G7 that you're seeing tonight on TV. It's all ceremony, it's all shirt sleeves and we're doing nothing. 
and on the battlefield, Russia keeps winning, Ukraine keeps retreating. I mean, people, I, I'm telling you, they will look back on this, not only with the horror of all the people who suffered and died in the Ukraine, for which we can only feel terrible, but you'll wonder how did this country and European allies, how did they self-delude on this scale for this long? I mean, you know, Ukraine is on the border of Russia. The United States is having to ship 8,000 miles missiles so that a little country can throw, do something to defend itself against. It's crazy. Let me give you a statistic and just ask everyone watching. If you don't know what I'm about to tell you, if you didn't know, and it is crucial to understanding what's going on, ask yourself why you didn't know. Here we go. Economists use a number called the GDP, gross domestic product, to, as a rough measure of how big and strong an economy is. Because the GDP tells you the total value of goods and services produced in a year in that country. Every country has a GDP, the UN and other agencies keep track. Okay, the GDP of Russia, our great enemy. Ready, ready? Here we go. One and a half trillion dollars. The GDP of the United States, 21 trillion dollars. Okay, this is not a fight between equals. This is not a struggle between equals. This is a struggle between David and Goliath, and I won't upset anyone by telling you who's playing which role. That the Russians would go to war with the risk of the United States means either they're crazy, and there's not one shred of evidence to suggest it, or they know exactly what they're doing. They know they can do it. They know how far they can go. The United States doesn't know what it can do. So it is hysterically, you know, gesturing. It can't, it can't. You know, we lost the war in Vietnam. We lost the war in Iraq. We lost the war in Afghanistan. And we're gonna lose this one too. And, yeah. it's, and it keeps, being unthinkable for most Americans to get their heads around this. And all I can say is you should have taken a page from the British. Their empire has been going down for a century. You might learn from that, but you better make some accommodations. The British tried to squash the Americans in the Revolutionary War, in the end of the 18th century, and then again in the War of 1812. When they defeated, were defeated twice, they gave up. The United States doesn't seem to be able to learn. 